The, the most famous one is Thanos and the Thanos Copter. Have you ever heard of that? The Electric Company, they put out a they put out a comic with a bunch of, you know, they would put out comics with Spider-Man in it. And it's crazy. It's like Spider-Man, you know, one day in Queens at Shea Stadium, here's Spider-Man with a Mets cap on and a Mets pendant going in. Yeah, just Spider-Man, just, you know, going to Shea Stadium. <laughs> but they had one which was basically Spider-Man versus Thanos, and Thanos has a helicopter that says on the side, Thanos. <laughs> Because, you know, Thanos, <laughs> ultimate conqueror of the universe, he's got a bit of an ego. <laughs> and he has to have a helicopter. This episode of To Be Continued, a fanboy podcast, is brought to you by Amasta Design. Servicing clients domestic and international, Amasta is here to help you through the different phases to transform your space into a reflection of you. Go to amastadesign.com. Amasta, spelled A-M-A-S-T-A, design.com. Rolling Press, a Brooklyn Park Slope-based business that can help you print books, magazines, zines, and comics for anyone who wants to start their own thing. Rolling Press, an eco-friendly printing company. Go to www.rollingpress.com. Roro Cakes, specialty baking, little bites of yumminess, and indulgences. Follow Roro Cakes at facebook.com slash Roro Cakes and place your order today. Last but not least, Pancake Studios cuffing your audio recordings, production, mixing, and mastering needs. Pancake Studios set at the heart of Brooklyn also happens to be the home of To Be Continued, a fanboy podcast. And when we started the podcast, Jonathan made a home for us here and continues to produce quality. Whether you're a musician, filmmaker, working in media like podcasting, look no further than Pancake Studios. Go to www.pancakestudios.net. To Be Continued is an adult podcast for adults by adults. We may talk about superheroes, sci-fi, comic books, and all sorts of similar crap like that, but we may use adult and frank language when we do so. This is not a podcast for kids, brothers and sisters. Enjoy. And we are back. Welcome to To Be Continued, a fanboy podcast covering your fanboy passions. You're not going to learn anything, but if you stick around, you just might have some fun. And here we are on a humid July day uh, here at Pancake Studios. I'm Miguel Alejandro Velez, one of your hosts. Edward Ng here. And again, like when you say that we're back, it's like like the Chitari... Wormholes. 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 I mean, you know, me, you always said I should Cisco it up. <laughs> and here, here it is. I'm Ciscoing it up. We're, we're living with the wormhole aliens. Baseball. <laughs> Anything can happen in baseball. Old man. Old man. <laughs> and of course, our, we have our producer here, Jonathan Vergara, Thank here you. at Pancake Studios. Thank you. <laughs> Spider-Man. <laughs> Where are you coming from, Spider-Man? Nobody, Nobody knows, knows who you are. are. <laughs> if you clicked on this episode, you will see that this is our big old spoiler review discussion for Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, the joint production between uh, Marvel Studios and Sony. And Pancake Nuggets. And which, if only, you, you know, if you I could wish. just get some of that sweet, sweet Spider-Man residual money, I mean, like, you wouldn't... 
Webtastic. Webtastic. <laughs> um, produced, co-produced by Columbia Pictures and Marvel Studios, but distributed by Sony. Well, uh, Columbia is a subsidiary. Right, of, correct, of, correct. Of Sony. Correct. And uh, this is uh, the big, you know, the name is, of course, a double-edged uh, uh, entendre because... It, of course, is homecoming. It refers to the homecoming dance in the teenage world of Sp Peter Parker, the amazing Spider-Man, but also a homecoming of Spider-Man being integrated into the Marvel mm -hmm. universe or the Marvel Cinematic Universe of films we've had since 2008, starting with Iron Man, who Iron Man makes a guest appearance in this film. Uh, uh, you know, very short little history, of course, is that Spider-Man uh, was one of the characters that was sold off uh, the, the rights, the film rights, were sold by Marvel when they were having issues with uh, stupid <laughs> solvency during the 90s. And they, when Marvel became a film studio in and of itself, they did not have the rights to a certain number of characters. Spider-Man was one of them at Sony. And, you know, people wanted to see Spider-Man interact with the other Marvel heroes on the big screen, especially after... You know, we had the Sam Raimi films, we had the Mark Webb films, and who, you know, I'm not sure this would have happened had, you know, two big events not occur. The one being, of course, that The Amazing Spider-Man 2, you know, was a film that Sony spent a lot of money on and uh, kind of had a very underwhelming response from the public and financially. And then, of course... The Sony hacks, which happened, which right. exposed uh, so many things. Under Amy Pascal's under watch. Amy Pascal's watch. Well, less, less said about that, the better. <laughs> Politics. And so uh, it's, you know, we got this dream situation where, hey, a deal was struck and Spider-Man and his world is now integrated into the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. Introduced Spider-Man in Captain America Civil War, which seemed to really go over well with the audience uh, a lot of longtime spider-man fans and the casuals uh you know there was a lot of talk of a sort of a spider-man fatigue going on uh i mean even going back to maybe gosh you know maybe even spider-man 3 of of the Raimi series where it was like ah we've kind of seen this all before spider-man 3 even spider-man 3 was kind of underwhelming to a lot of people and you know so many villains. So many villains. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> and now we, but yet here we are, uh, you know, what was going to happen? Everyone was had bated breath. Is this Spider-Man going to go over well? Is, is, you know, is it going to resonate with the audience? Do people want to see more Spider-Man regardless of how good it is? And I think Ed, myself, and John will say, this one works. <laughs> And, you know, and, and unfortunately, I was part of the chorus that said, you know, how many reboots well, are we going to do in like a couple of years? And I'm, I take it back. Uh, after well, seeing the film, I'm so glad they did a reboot. Well, I just said this. I said um, about Phantom, because the whole question, you know, again, this is a spoiler review, right? Yeah, we're going to tell everything Avengers about it. So. Tower, uh, Aven Avengers Towers gets, gets sold and someone else buys it. And I said, well, what, what was the speculation on who ends up buying it? Because I saw a story yesterday that it was going to be J uh, J. Jonah Jameson or that it's going to be a future Daily Bugle. But you had a better uh, story, which was that. Well, they were saying that maybe the Baxter building. It may be converted to the Baxter building right. or at least a tower which for, is the home Fantastic Four. for the Fantastic Four. And again, I said, that's a great story. However, I'm tired of the Fantastic Four. Right. I don't want to see another Fantastic Four and for what another was our, And what was our response? If they pull it off as the way they pulled off the Spider-Man Homecoming... Which they I, well, did. You know, like, and that's the thing. This film, 
even among very hardcore Spider-Man fans, and it's funny online, Ed, that there is a real weird dividing line. Um, you would think that the idea of Spider-Man getting introduced into the Marvel Cinematic Universe would have been embraced by all of the fans, but you have a very weird, fractured uh, fan base uh, as it's expressed online. You have people who are like, bring back Sam Raimi. You have people that are like, Oh man, I'm really I'm really disappointed that Andrew Garfield didn't get a chance and, to and be in. Well, I was I was in that category, you know, like um, and then Civil War came out, and I'm like, no, this kid pulls it off because the one scene where um, Tony Stark shows up at the apartment in Queens. Oh and yeah, it's you're it's, like this is this is magic I'm in, right here. I'm in. You're I'm totally in. in his character, their interaction, and Tom Holland. Yeah. As um as Spider Man, but again, there was a weird like. A bit of a backlash. There are people that were like, "Well, I don't want to see him in the Marvel universe. I wish he was his own separate thing." There were those that were. There were a lot of fear. Um, some of it a little overblown, I think, but uh, maybe under understandable given the marketing. That is this just going to be Iron Man four? Those guys should be pissed that there's a standalone Venom movie. <laughs> How about that, man? <laughs> well, I, well, it's we're not going to get into that, but you know, uh, the, the, all the deals, all the solo films and spinoffs. So, you know, this is just about Homecoming. But you know, there are there were people who were like, "Why, you know, is Spider-Man just going to be an adjunct character to Iron Man? Mm -hmm. Is that what this film is going to be?" A lot of speculation before actually viewing the film, and I am happy to report, in my opinion, that most of the hand wringing and the fracturousness that you know. And, and again, the fears that a lot of hardcore Spider-Man fans had, it, it's not founded in this film. The film is Ed, Ed here, who is not even a Spider-Man fan nope. per se, nope. said the words perfection. Near, now, I'm not no, going to no, go no. that far. Near, near perfection. I'm not going to go that I far. I'm not even going to go near perfection. But near perfection. It is, if I have to give this film a number, a random pull it out of my anus number, it's a solid eight. It's <laughs> really? a solid eight. An eight? An eight. Like uh, Ed, you know me. Not I, even a nine point five. Ed, you know me. I, I, <laughs> what did What did I say about Wonder Woman? Everyone's losing not their mind about Wonder Woman, and I was all like, oh, "It's a solid move. It's good." Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. I, I'm not one of these guys that it's got to really be. I, on some level, it's just be trying to be objective. It's like no film is transcendent. No film, and at, no. at least at this age. Uh, nothing's well, gonna yeah, hit you, me, but let me the also, way like seeing a Star Wars or an Empire Strikes but Back the, for the, the first time. This, these were also your words when you came out, and uh, this man called me up as soon as he got out of the theater. I saw it the day, uh, the on this uh, the day that it came out, um, and you said this is the best Marvel movie to date, and yeah. I go. Now I don't disagree. Well, at least how it's the Marvel movie. That. I think I have so, liked objectivity. The most. My ass. Well, no, 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 no. It's objective <laughs> in this. Again, it's it's. Do I think it's it has elements that I think I have not seen in a Marvel Cinematic Universe film since probably going back to those early Phase One films. I think that it surprisingly follows the Marvel formula. It's a very funny film. It's filled with humor, and a Spider-Man movie should be filled with humor. It's a huge part of his character. Something that was missing. To a large degree in yeah. the Raimi films, where there was a lot of, oh, let's let's yeah, get some laughs out of how, dude, how bad and crappy Peter Parker's life is, but he wasn't funny. I was watching the the Amazing Spider-Man last night mm -hmm. over uh, having dinner, and I'm like, this is they tr they're trying to really inject darkness into this. Yeah, the yeah. death of uh, when you have the death of Martin Sheen, 
you know, and you go, they killed jo- Josiah, jo- um, Josiah Bartlett. Yes. Yeah, just Josiah Bartlett. So, but in, um, uh, but yeah, you said this is the best Marvel movie to date, and I don't necessarily disagree. However, I feel that at the same time, this does sit on a lot of giants. Iron Man being one of them. Yeah, no, um, look, look. And, no, and, and, also, and also, the it's so meta in that John Favreau, who has one of the final scenes with, <laughs> with him, John Favreau and RDJ, they, I'm, I'm sorry, but they are the... Uh, They're the progenitors is, is, of the it Marvel is the Mar- It is the house that... Mar- um, that John that, Favreau that and RDJ built. built, yes. Right, so... Um, and then for him to have that one scene with him, it's like, I want to thank you for saving my, saving my, my, uh, my, my job. You know, so there's there's that sort of like, wink, w- uh, kind of a wink, nudge, nudge thing going yeah, on oh, here. Oh, oh, you know, the surprise appearance of Gwyneth Paltrow again. Spoilers. Yes. Uh, at, at the end. Um, but concentrating on Spider-Man. Let's start with the director. Uh, yeah. Um. Um. An indie director, Watts. Hasn't done a lot. Hadn't done a lot. Um. He had did that. Uh. He had had that previous film, uh, Cop Car. Yep. And. What all is the, that? All the, all the, all the, all the, all That's the, a gamble, huh? That is a huge Well, it seems gamble. to be something that, that Marvel is doing a lot. In Marvel's first phase, they used a, a lot of veteran directors. You know, Kenneth Branagh came in and did Thor. Favreau had, you know, a bunch of films yep. under his belt. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe Johnston did Captain America. Mm-hmm. You know, and on and on. Uh, it, it, it seemed that... Good for the, them. And, no, really. and well, uh, it's understandable if you were going to launch a new franchise, multiple franchises, a you cinematic universe, you want to have pros, you want to make sure everything's, but as time has gone on, Marvel has <sighs> taken a lot more chances with a lot of different directors. Um, just look at the, you know, their future slate of some of these films. You have a, a, a directing duo going on uh, with the Captain Marvel movie. You have Ryan Coogler. Mm-hmm. Who, even though Ryan Coogler has some well accepted films, he's a he's a new name on on the scene. Right. Uh, but I felt that uh, John Watts really hasn't proven himself, and I'm wondering whether that's sort of a a, um, a Disney Marvel thing where where um, let's take the Han Solo film, right? Uh, they tried to place their bets on the the duo of. Of Lord, Lord Miller, Miller and, and that, there, and that there went problems. south. But but you know what? I wouldn't put Lord Miller in that in, in that in that frame necessarily because, like I said, they had they had done many years of these uh, Lego animated films before mm-hmm. the Lego Movie, right? And on top of it, they had Twenty One and Twenty Two Jump Street. Well, you know, they were they were. Those they are, were, good. Those are good. You know what I mean? They they <laughs> yeah. they they, they weren't kids. Those are guys. Lord Miller are our age, Ed. They're both over forty, so we're not talking about. Ingenue kids that you know just got John one Watts film. is thirty six, I believe. Right, yeah, exactly. Right. That's but he falls more into that category. Mm-hmm. And you know, the word on the street was that what they were going to do is they were going to de-age, you know, Peter Parker. They were yeah. going to, you know, very much concentrate on the high school era thing. Uh, they were going to get a very very young person to play it, and they did with Tom Holland. This this movie to me is uh, in my heart because I, I told you guys I started watching and reading uh, Spider-Man since I was five Mm -hmm. and six. Old Uh, school. Old school. He felt to me the the classic, the the closest thing to the classic um, young, you know, quirky, funny Spider-Man Peter Parker. Yeah, you know, they, they... I I, I felt like I was reading the comic. Well, we had this discussion before we started recording, which was that Tobey Maguire's version is of I've always felt is a bit moody too dark no 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 not dark it felt fake 
the the whole setup. His again, uh, Sam Raimi is a guy who has not been in a high school for you know decades, and it felt like his high school uh, in the Raimi films in the first film feels like high school is done by someone who hasn't been in one since 1959. I'm not fat shaming here or anything. <laughs> but, uh, but, but, when but, you but, start but, off a sentence like but, that, but Toby, <laughs> Toby, you felt was a little chunky. No, but. But you're the last person to make that no, no, disgusting but I, claim. I'm not so. trying to be Spider-Man right now or, or Peter Parker. But to me, he was always super like skinny. What the the like the the duality? He's wiry. Spider-Man is not a a, a bulky hero. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, you don't yeah, yeah. you don't think of him. And in... Toby wasn't fat, but like to me, like was... Spider-Man looked like a helpless dude. You can like flick. You know. Meanwhile, the, he he really fingers. he's he's much stronger exactly. than exactly. Well, yeah. And and so. Tom yeah. Holland, who um, has a, uh, a a theater background, mm -hmm. um, he was Billy Elliot on Broadway. Right. Okay. Right, so yes. he's 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 sort of that a like very physical role correct. where every night you've got to go out and dance your heart out. So this is also um, a bet on in that Hugh Jackman formula. You know, like let's find that triple threat, but someone younger. And here they find Tom Holland, who, by the way, um, we have the post we have it posted on our Instagram where um, Tom Holland does training. He he he, oh, yeah. he does he, he he has his gymnastics background. He's a dancer, um, and you watch him train. And I and I said to me I said to Miguel, dude, this guy moves like Nightwing. You have to you have to watch the, You have to watch the reel. Um, but also that um, during the I believe the audition process, uh, Asa Bus Asa Butterfield was also in the running. He's also a young actor. He was in that. Um, what is that uh, that that sci-fi movie with with um, uh, uh, Ender's Game? What? Ender's correct, Game. correct. Um, which I think was a better choice to go with Tom Holland because Tom, yes, he has those. I've got high school problems. I'm a teenager, um, and I've got the whole weight of, weight of the world on my shoulder at the same time because Peter with great. Power comes great responsibility, you know, and um, and Asa Butterfield just really doesn't you didn't resonate that, to me that well, way. Well, let's 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 start there. You have the you you have the the the, the cast list and mm -hmm. stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So let's start out with the cast. Start with with Holland as Spider Man. And one of the things I thought that this film did really well was the aspect we're all talking about. He was a real kid, yeah, in high school dealing with these things. And this again, what I say about why I liked it, and I thought it was one of the better Marvel entries was. I don't think this film pulled punches and I don't think any of the humor that was in it undercut any of the drama or the stakes. Um, there are a couple of scenes in this film where it just really hits you where it's like, Oh yeah, this, this guy is 15 years old. Who would want to deal with this at that age? Who is capable of dealing with this at that age? Um, the first, um, Leaving the, the girl first of his dreams at the prom. Yeah. And, and, you, you know, know you get all that. these sort of like, uh, but you know, I'm, I'm talking about even more visceral stuff. I think, um, the, the what happens right before that scene, the confrontation with Keaton. Oh man, which is amazing. Um, Ugh. and then later on, again, spoilers, that fight when he tries to confront uh, Tombs in the warehouse, and you know the battle doesn't go his way, and he's stuck under that mm. all that rubble, which is a callback to a very famous moment in the early Spider-Man comics, where Spider-Man gets. Trapped under tons and tons of rubble, and he's got to power his way out of he's it. He's crying his way. But this, wailing. the way they did it, exactly. He is a kid. You you felt it. You felt like oh my, and you really he's like he's calling out for help. He's Spider Man, but he's a boy. 
he's a child. I don't even mean like he's a child. And I was going like, oh yeah, that's right. This would be insane. This would be a you know a horrendous thing. And the counterpoint to that is his relationship with his friend Ned, who Ned keeps trying to like, oh, this is all really cool <laughs> that cool. you're Spider-Man. And he, we're seeing it's like, no, this none of this is cool being Spider-Man. It's a lot of pressure. Um I want to get to Ned later, but Right, yeah, we'll get to Ned. Um but Holland sells all that. Um they use him well and he is both it is it's a great like balance of like Andrew Garfield Spider-Man was a funny guy. Tobey Maguire had funny things happen to him. This was a combination of both. He was a funny character. And there were a lot of awkward like I'm kind of growing like the, again the yeah. the interrogation scene moment. Yeah. And all that. Well, that but also there were just funny circumstances he he was in getting locked in the damage control vaults and you know you know it's like you know how long have i he's like all right so uh how long have i been here 37 minutes 37 30 minutes <laughs> i'm gonna get um, out of here <laughs> so apparently the the uh, during the screen test uh holland had screen tested with rdj but also screen tested with uh with chris evans which we know that for <laughs> civil war that little interaction like uh well, we you've got a lot of heart kid and where are you from and yeah. that kind of resonated also because you buy the fact that this English kid, yeah, yeah, English kid was from, is from Queens. Mm -hmm. You buy that, you know. Um, and that you just got to give the guy more props because at first when I found out he was from England and all that, I was just like, no, no, John, no another jobs one, another one. Shipped. But, <laughs> well, again, but, well, again, but then I Christian, saw him, Christian Bale, Christian Bale yeah, yeah, yeah. from the UK, yeah. Batman. Henry Cavill from the UK. Superman. Anything that uh, and now Tom Holland is freaking Spider-Man. We gotta Cumber take our country Listen, back. Benedict Cumberbatch, <laughs> he he's got at least five of our jobs here, right? So well, yeah, no, um, not with you. I don't think it matters. For St Strange is not this in the same level, but no, no. But I, I swear mean, to God, he does other things. I swear, I swear to God. Hold on. If if uh, if it if if I hear that, um, what's his face from um, Wonder Woman is is Israeli? No, no. Uh, well, uh, what's his face from uh, uh, from Legion? What's that actor's name? Oh, uh, um, D David. Um, the Beast. Yes, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, Dan Stevens. Dan Stevens. Dan Stevens. If I hear that he's up f to replace Chris Evans, <laughs> that's it. I'm done. I'm done. It's like we can't. None of our heroes. Well, look, one of these days, he was going to walk into this room. It's like, Mike, you've got a problem with me taking your jobs. Again, like, again, he's not Fast Hugh Bender. He's not Hugh Jackman. Cumberbatch, <laughs> McAvoy. Hugh, these guys, they can, you know what? They can take my underwear if they want, you know? Okay, like, <laughs> moving on. Um, but anyway. Um, <laughs> moving on. Uh, I did but Holland, uh, you know, Holland really, he sells it. He, his, his, uh, the, the action with him is really good. Uh, the drama is really good. Again, the high school aspect is so well balanced, played up, but it doesn't overwhelm the superhero stuff. Yeah. yeah. Are, John, are you aware that um, he attended Bronx Science? For, for like a couple of weeks. Incognito. Incognito. They, no one, this was before Civil War. No one knew who, who he was. But yeah, he, he had to basically, to it was a fake a fake name. You know, just to, because that's sort of like the method actor thing, yeah, right? Yeah, you, yeah. you go and you immerse yourself in the, in, into the culture just to get a sense of what it's like to be a high school student right. in America. And, and that also was another aspect of the film that with Holland that um, I thought played well, which was, you know, if Peter Parker really was, was a real person today, He's too smart to not be part of some sort of advanced placement type of school, you know, and when you think about that, then the dynamic becomes different. It's not just 
you know, Joe Schlub, you know, walking around getting bullied, the bullying would be different. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it wouldn't it, it wouldn't play out that way. Um, and I'm glad for now Toby's Spider-Man had organic web webbing. Um, uh, Garfield Spider-Man created created the, the web shooters. Yeah. Yeah. But the the, the webbing itself, that's from Oscorp. Now here you do see him actually. That he had come up. He had come up with both the shooters and, Tony did and, say, the, and the, the tensile and the strength on this yeah. is off the chart. You know, so which some people this was the whole thing about yeah, Holland, yeah. Holland and uh, Tony Stark. There were people that were like, well, with Tony Stark providing because he has this brand, this incredible super high tech suit, yeah. super suit. Mm -hmm. It's like, is that taking away from Peter Parker's scientific and you know technical acumen? And no, he spends a third of the film in his like sweatpants. Well, 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 well later on they <laughs> yeah, do the yeah. whole replacement thing. Now that said, even though Tony Stark, they at no point do you think, oh, there's no way, you know, Peter's a dunce. He's very smart. He's right. very technically inclined. He's he, you know, he. He uses science to figure out a lot of various things in in the film. He uses his own technical acumen to you know uh, hotwire the suit, mm -hmm. you know again again. So they well, show it's Ned, not the Asian kid Ned. Just remember that. Okay, all right. <laughs> and, but like they don't ever. But there's a lot of scenes where it was malfunctioning or he couldn't use it properly. He's like, no, no, just go back to default. Yeah, that was so, there, there, uh, again. There are a lot of people who were like, I don't like the idea that his super suit is is super, and like it just. I think it worked. It sort of makes sense. But he didn't even know how to use it. It was the point. But I'm that making. was like, oh, no, no, no. But that, even... but that's what I mean. It was sort of like. But it does make sense that uh, with the resources that Peter Parker would he be able to make web shooters that could do all those? Well, things? it's no different than this is a, a very Starky Starkish universe, right? Where Captain America is able to because it's in the comic books, you know, where he could summon the shield with the with the magnet, magnetic gauntlet, right? right? You know, why wouldn't Spider Man have? A, 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 Taser uh, a web you know, right. and and an onboard computer and you know we talked about this in today's world getting a little bit into Ned and uh -huh. and Holland's uh, interactions you know Ned basically wants to be his Alfred he says I got to be the dude in the chair <laughs> now we make fun of this on the show I'm the uh, dude in the chair right you, now. you are the dude in the chair this absolutely is true we couldn't do this without the dude in the chair um this we make fun of the CW shows but <clears throat> which with their sprawling cast of thousands in the in the command centers but the truth is in today's world what are you doing uh i'm watching, watching porn, porn. <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna bring that up yeah but but uh okay all right but in today's world you would need a guy in the chair you know what i mean it would be hard to be an effective superhero without some sort of computer interface right. without having you know some sort of guidance from the outside and you ha he has that with both uh, is Ned, and then with the onboard computer system called Karen, uh, played in, by in, Jennifer Connelly. Played by Jennifer Connelly, who is uh, married to who is married to the Vision. He's married to the Vision. Who uh, used to be Irony. Jarvis. Who so used to be Jarvis. Let, let that Keep it in, in the family. Keep it in let the family. All AIs in the family. Uh, and again, Holland Holland absolutely uh, works well. Now, what, wait, yes, yes. What, one yes, thing to add because we're talking about like updates. We have to bring Spider-Man into 2017. Yeah. I mean, this is a character created in the 60s. Yeah. Right. Yep. And like the diehard fans grow up a little bit. We have to. We have to bring Spider-Man into this era. Right. And so the suit makes sense. Updates make sense. And the kids today, younger younger people are going to be more technically savvy. They're going to be more yeah, in yeah. tuned with 
you know, so the, I didn't the mind, technology. I didn't yeah, mind yeah. those little changes where he's like updated with technology and he's like figuring all this other stuff out. Now let's also get into the origin because they do not get into the origin, yeah. right? You he know, doesn't and, get bit. and I and, the and there's only bit? one line here. That even uh, the references to to, ben, yeah. to uh, the, the death of his uncle Ben, right? Right, and which is he, um, well, he tells he tells um, his friend he says I can't tell I can't tell my Aunt May about this because after I don't all that she's been after through. all that she's been through, and, and which is a, which is an, a whole other thing about like you know the de aging of May. We'll we'll, we'll we'll talk about when we get to uh, with, with to Tomei. But love you know one Tomei. of the things about the film is that there's no need to go into the origin. Correct, and it's been. Done We've to done death. it. We've seen it. As I've said, times, yeah. I have, as I've said many times, with Batman at this point, I very much and I liked the way they did the death of the Waynes in Batman v Superman. But in all honesty, it's getting to the point where if the I were in a were real world, in the alley. yeah, exactly. Really? Like, Excuse. Oh, I'm sorry, Batman. Were uh, were your parents uh, tragically killed in front of you when you were eight years old? Yeah. I wasn't aware of that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it just it gets so there was no need to have that. And yet, the and it the, the a lot of time. The thread of that lesson is throughout the movie. He is always in this film multiple times, not just once or twice. Multiple times is given to that whole power and responsibility thing. Mm-hmm. Do I? Do I? Oh man, I would love to be at this party and impress everyone as Spider Man, but duty calls. I got to You know, he. It didn't even seem like he was gonna do it. It seemed like he was like. No, Spider Man's a bigger thing than that. I don't think I yeah, could like cheapen yeah, because it by like Ned is making, like no, it's a party public appearances. It's a party trick. We got to do this, and this is this is this is well, going to well, make you cool. Understandable, and kids would be tempted <laughs> by it. And you know, there are a lot of people that like you Are know, you an uh, it's like yeah, sort I don't of. <laughs> expect Peter Parker as Spider Man, given the origin, which was you know letting the guy go, who eventually ended up killing his 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 uh, his uncle, and learning that he's not perfect. He's not Superman. Mm. He's not Batman. He screws up a lot. Peter Parker screws up a lot and then takes responsibility for it and tries to move forward. And I thought that that was in this film throughout. And he's sort of still, at this stage in his superhero career, still sort of learning about his abilities, too. What he was... what, What... is he capable of doing strength wise? Yeah, correct. Right. Is Agility. he able to do, is he able to lift himself out of the rubbish? Yeah. He, he, you know, like an enormous amount of weight. And then, you know, you have also the fact that he mentioned in civil war was he'd only been doing this for like six months. Right. I love how sloppy his web slinging is too. In the, in the, <laughs> I love you know what? There, there, where, like he's landing. He's like, oh, no, I know that's all, like, all right. That was on me. <laughs> uh, uh, or, you know, a lot of people complained about this online. They were like, how can he be afraid of heights? And it's like, he's been doing this job for yeah. like less than eight months. And he's 15. And he's 15, 15 years old. I think it's perfectly fine if he's not been like swinging through the he's canyons untested. of Manhattan. Yet. Look, I think if it's your first time at the top of the Washington Monument, yeah. I think it's okay to be a little, uh, a little, a little vertigo, afraid. Yeah. The airport <laughs> battle is um, su- supposed to be his... his his big debut, His big on, the, debut on the world and test and all, but he's still very untested. So yes, and and again, it, it, you know, uh, Holland sells and it works well. Now, a hero is only as good as their villain in these. Oh. Um, well, before you get to that, Holland is signed for three, three, three pictures mm-hmm. plus two others. Right, three Spider-Man pictures. We know plus that he's going to be he's going to get solos and he's going to appear in uh, uh, some more Marvel Universe okay. movies, most likely the Infinity War. We know that he's going to be in Infinity War. All right, which I'm hoping for some interaction between him and Cap, but we'll get into that later. Now, uh, but you, yes, the now villain of the piece into... is, you know, was a coup for this film. Mm-hmm. 
uh, a well-beloved actor, a pro's pro. He's Batman. He's Batman. He's Batman. He's Birdman. He's my Batman. He's Mr. Mom. <laughs> he's, Beetlejuice. He's the guy who works in the morgue who uh, who runs a. Uh, um, uh, he's he's a, a he's one of two ring. white pimps with Henry Winkler. Yes, <laughs> Michael Keaton, ladies and gentlemen, Michael Keaton as uh, Adrian Toomes, uh, the Vulture. And let's be honest, in the pantheon of Spider-Man villains, the Vulture is this, not. He's not even reaching. And this is in why the I'm not 10. a Spider-Man person. Right. Yes. Yes. Of course. We we've heard your spiel before. You don't you don't enjoy. His, his villains. But this is a key guys, thing in this film. You guys, let, in his intro, you left out one okay. brilliant uh, movie uh, where he's refereeing a small fight in the middle of a funeral in The Other Guys. The movie? You ever seen oh, jeez, of course. Wait, yes. that? <laughs> the Other Guys. You know, it's oh, like, the, don't go chasing uh, waterfalls. Hey, hey. <laughs> I don't want no scrubs. I don't want no scrubs. <laughs> <laughs> how can you not know? And this is the thing. We, we talked about this before about how Keaton is a beloved figure. He's always charismatic. He always brings it. Mm-hmm. He's a great actor. He's a great performer. He's fun. He's funny. He can do serious work. And yet... His career's been... It, the, it, he's it stops and starts, stops right. and starts. He, he, you know, he, the last 15 years, it's like, he'll do a movie. You won't see him for like, two years. We, he'll we, come back. You'll be, hey, P- like, hey. We, we want to say that we're in the middle of a, of a Keaton renaissance, but I'm like, uh, wasn't that like... Wasn't there a renaissance? Every like three or five years ago. Yeah, exactly. Years ago. He's back. He's not. He's back. Yeah. And this, I think this is his, like, in terms of a popcorn entertainment film, is some of his best work ever. At the same time, I go now, and I, I, here's a question for, for mm-hmm. everyone here. Is this his, was this supposed to be his uh, Jack Nicholson um, moment? You know, you know what I'm saying? Where... It's a different. It's a different kind of performance, I think. Uh, but and I think that's but, very but, important to mention, because his performance was still amazing. That's funny you mentioned Jack Nicholson because I'm I'm gonna say like Michael Keaton is a Jack Nicholson to me in, in that like no matter what I know I'm gonna love it. Right. Yeah. Like, he's just, he again. He's that kind of performance. He's that good. He's and that what cool. he brings to this to this film and what the filmmakers did, um, you know the 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 script and then the director. They took a character that is not, it's not a great character. The Vulture has never been a legendary Spider-Man no. villain. Um, I think, I think uh, what's uh, telling is that every time they've had to adapt him mm-hmm. in either animated form, uh, you know, they change it up. They almost never really do him exactly as he was in the books. Uh, Adrian and, Toome, or, um, origin in, in, less, in less than a minute. Go. I'm not going to get into it. Okay, anyway. fine. <laughs> Uh, but you but, know what? But, I think but, this, this goes to what everybody was just talking about, that Spider-Man is a little untested. He's not, like, fully, you know... Well, I, I know this know, so, much that... So, so the Vulture is a great villain for... Yeah, but see, that this know. is the thing. They recreated the Vulture. They they built, they built rebuilt him from the, from ground, the ground up, up in a brilliant way. I love the, the name goes with his the thematic parts of the character in this movie because what do vultures do they feed on carrion scavengers they are scavengers who is he he's a man who has a um a uh, um uh, not demolition uh, it, a reclamation it's, kind of uh, a, a job where it's a, he, it's a it's a it's a re- repo de- salvage yeah, salvage, it's a salvage, salvage operation right. right and so he's a guy who 
had some sort of contract with, with the, the city. city to clean up Ty during the comes in with from damage control and says I'm going to I'm going to shut you down. Right. During <laughs> during the during the Battle of New York from the first Avengers film, the aftermath is of course is that a lot of Manhattan is, you know, just got decimated. giant leviathan aliens lying all over the place decimated and he's some guy who had a contract to do the cleanup and then uh, probably for because of the safety issues and everything else it's Tony Stark creates this thing with the government called damage control and they come in and they take all these contracts and he's left with nothing and he talks and this is the thing w about what was great about Keaton's performance is Keaton's character is in a way part of the zeitgeist he is a character who is channeling a lot of rage blue collar and anger against elite people for good or ill that is something that is kind of free-floating in mm. America today Tom voted for Trump <laughs> Tom? Who's Tom? I mean, uh, Adrian Toomes, right? Adrian Toomes. Um, uh, and well, I actually, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not discounting that as a possibility. I think that that is part of his character. Well, and I, it works. Well, I believe that Kevin Feige did say that um, Adrian Toomes' uh, Keaton's character was pretty much inspired by the John C. Riley uh, character in in Guardians, where it's like you have a character who's seeing things from the from the ground, from the floor. You know, he's the common guy. He's the regular guy. You know, yeah. The, well, that, again, to that match was the, that the was regular the whole thing. Kid. It was like, who is this? Who is this? You know, in a world where these things happen, mm -hmm. what, like you said, what's the ground eye view? And you know, it isn't necessarily going to be all positive about mm -hmm. the Avengers or anything. You know, it is. It's going to be like, uh, and then they, th you know, that would have been enough to make him a great character and have a good motivation well the and you see the the pro, the, the progression of the character yeah the, the opening of the film they're cleaning up the south that they're the, the, the salvage you've got one guy and he's got this very blue uh, keaton has this very blue collar performance which is which is like you're late again you know it's like you know just give me a break blah blah blah, blah you know yeah and, and you you, right. you 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 sympathized with them you're right. like oh yeah just a working class guy and i don't you, that you, guy honestly you go from that, that to, was my dad you go his, from the, keaton in this film was my dad and you go from that to the reveal that whoa, he's um, uh, uh, the father. Well, that, yeah, who owns I was about to get Whoa, 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 whoa! I was about to get into that. I, you know, that it's is one of the things yeah. that was well threaded through mm -hmm. the movie. Right. Was you get the progression how this working class guy goes from someone screwed over by the powers that be, right, to thief. Mm -hmm. To murderer, <laughs> to dude threatening, you know, making terroristic threats against his Peter daughter's Parker. his daughter's date to the homecoming dance, right. and you buy that. it, and you buy that he's gonna do it. But complicated. That was the thing. He's. It's not just sympathy for his position. It's like, you know, I where do we leave? Where do we leave that. him? And again, spoiler. This is a spoiler discussion. Where do we leave Adrian Toomes at the end of Spider Man? Mm -hmm. We leave him in prison, not dead. Okay keeping the secret he knows who spider-man is right in a fantastic one of i honestly think one of the best villain monologuing scenes of all time because it's so low bs he puts it together he figures out okay through chance which is this know, is classic spider-man spider-man is, is always spider-man always has some personal connection to his villains in some way Always, and it always break. complicates. Can't catch a break. Right, always complicates <laughs> his his need for heroic action because it's never just like I could just bop this guy on the head, but it's always like I can't. He's not in control of himself, like the lizard, or ah, oh, he's he's my best friend's father, or something. And this was the same way, but that that scene in is 
a yeah. real it's a real conversation of someone who is really willing to kill and yet it's complicated because the 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 vulture knows that he's complicated in this relationship he's like not you you saved my daughter's life right what what can i you know i i feel a need to repay that what about the end of that conversation so show my daughter a great time not too good but but not too (laughs) (laughs) that and i i I said to you that's the the car scene made me want to go in my pants yeah, it is. You know, he's he's frightening. He, he's great looking acting, at the mirror, and I, I I wish I on had both of their part. I wish I knew what like if what the um the film references were. You know, where it's like was that a taxi driver moment where he's looking at the mirror and he sees Peter in the back. Well, and... I mean, it, it it kind of harkened back to me to the first Raimi film. And what's funny is like he's like, no, I didn't disappear, and like he's there like. Again, he's he just putting just, it all yeah, together, yeah, yeah, yeah. and finally, when he gets it, does she when, know exactly? And then, <laughs> and that's the other part about that scene is that it's not just Keaton who's a good performance, but it's funny because Holland doesn't have a lot of lines, right? But but him, you see a awkward, defe- you see a guy who an you, awkward at, kid. You, you feel see. for a second that he's totally defeated, right? Uh-huh. Until you learn, oh no, 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 he's he's quiet because I think Peter was putting crap together right he's like he's like at that moment he's he's just grappling with he knows what do i do about this and then his plan to do it he has no plan no he had a plan he left he left the phone in the car oh he he knew what he was doing he knew that i'm gonna leave the phone in the car i'm gonna go in there i'm gonna apologize to to liz was that intentional or yes no it was it was intentional intentional. because that's when he immediately gets on and Mm -hmm. he says you got to track my phone to to, to, to ned later on right uh and he knew that he was going to go get his old gear, try and get out there. And on some level, Toombs knew it. That's why he had the the uh, the shocker waiting for him in the in, in the bus depot. Right, right. Now, I know you can't do everything in one film, but like, isn't he a little too wise for a fifteen year old who 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 has no like parental guidance? No, what, what do you, but, you mean? know, like uh, he doesn't have like the the wise master in his corner who like. Well, he did have the wise master in his corner. He had one. No, but Anthony Tony, Stark. Yeah, but but that wasn't real. Like he didn't give him any real like you know this is how you should go about these. No, but really think, troubling. Think crazy, about his experiences yeah. up to that point. He has been learning on the job. Right. right that doesn't right. mean that doesn't mean all of his decisions were great, but. He'd been doing something. He'd been yeah. he'd been trying to figure out how to do this, this the, you know, the, the the hero thing, and you know, again, the film is a, is about if anything else, it's about his mistakes and you know, uh, you know, how he learns from them, how he you know accepts the responsibility, how he balances these things out, and again, it having Keaton as this foil, um, with only that one real big interaction. I mean, is surprisingly how well that pulled off, and that it just just goes to Keaton's, you know, pure talent. And let, me, let, me, let me also ask you. Let me also ask you guys. Like, was there speaking of meta or meaning like the movie being? I felt self-referential and and commentary. The fact that this is Batman, <laughs> play, you know, being a villain in a uh, um a, a, a huge super. What did Harvey Dent say? <laughs> <laughs> you either uh, you either die the hero, or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. <laughs> Keaton's Keaton's destiny, right there. Mm-hmm. Keaton's destiny. Oh, but yeah, but I mean, I I personally saw, you know, that there was an opportunity here to 
to sort of you spin the fact that you know someone who's been one of the biggest superhero right, actors is now playing a, a a villain and doing it so doing it so so brilliantly and they the writing the actions of the vulture that's the other part is that you know why again why I said Keaton is a big part of why I think this is a, such a great Marvel movie because Marvel films have such a dearth of really compelling really well-rounded villains. Let me ask you about that. I mean you you say that a lot. Um Marvel movie, Marvel formula. Let's, what is that exactly? Well, you know, there is something to be said now I think in the post first Avengers film world of the Marvel universe where they took all the lessons of that first Avengers film and they just seem to keep applying it to every other film outside of the Captain America movies, which they seem to want they wanted to keep them very serious, keep the stakes high, keep the characterization, not do anything to undercut any heroic moments or anything. They have funny stuff, they have some humor, but for the most part everything is taken very very seriously, very straight-faced. Everything else is Heroic moment, got to undercut it with some sort of joke. You know, uh, we, we got to, oh, don't take this too seriously, you know, folks at home. We know, don't don't worry. It's not going to get too hairy with these, which again goes to why the villains are somewhat under underwhelming because they're not ultimately not all that threatening or they're defeated in ridiculous ways. Dance off. Uh, you know what and I mean? You know, you know what, like um, speaking I, of by comparison. And again, again, I mean that in, again, the post Avengers, first Avengers film. Whereas you didn't necessarily see that in those first phase one films. Iron Man 1 does not have a a, nope. a villain that is undercut nope. by humor. The Captain America L is not uh, if, uh, undercut. Even th the first Thor film, the Incredible Hulk, they they are not It comes down to him and Loki. It comes down to, to Agent Tombs and Loki as Right now, as those I, I, who and, have and, and the, the only impact. other thing you can maybe uh, put in there is maybe the Netflix villains. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, Purple Man and Cottonmouth. I mean, they're... They're up there, and of course, and of course, the kingpin, and of course, the kingpin. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. But sort of, it makes my me, mother out of this. It makes, me, <laughs> it makes me kind of sort of worried about Josh Brolin in this sense, you know, about what's to come. But anyway, but that's that's, a, that's, what that's I, another. Um, for, uh, further on in in uh, with the cast, of course, we uh, we had Marissa Tomei as Aunt May, and we talked about this. And I, I will just actually go Aunt May and all these other like we said. Marissa Tomei is in the film, barely. Now, she does well as May, um, but, and they have great chemistry. There's really this, you know, you, we, I think a lot of people are like, well, how are they going to do this younger Aunt May? How's mm. it going to play? And it's motherly and sisterly <laughs> at the same time. That makes sense to me. I yeah, mean, there's a... <laughs> she shouldn't be 80 if the kid, Peter Parker's like 14. She shouldn't be like 80, I, I, I think the, uh, hum <laughs> on the side, um, the memes are out there where the scenes where... Uh, May, she's t she's having a, a sit down with with Peter, but she's standing up and and um, this is puts Tom's head puts Tom's head to to oh, to, to, yeah, to like right, close okay, her chest and you'll. And I'm, not... I'm seeing I'm seeing to my wife. I'm like, wow, that's wrong. <laughs> okay, that's all wrong. right. But um, again, she did well. But they kind of it felt more like we talked about the Zendaya character. It felt more like okay, this is just set up it's for utility. another yeah un for for the next film right. And that was how I felt about a lot of the other people in the cast. You had Hannibal Burris, you had Donald Glover, you had uh, who'd you said Martin Starr? Martin's <laughs> guy. Uh, people, the, um, the the connection with Martin Starr, who plays um, uh, Bertram Guilfoyle in Sil Silicon Valley, um, who was also originally from Freaks and Geeks. He's he's the guy with the glasses. 
Um, he the, played the he played the decath uh, the, the, the yeah the, he played the decathlon teacher, but um, he the one of the writers um, of of this movie of play, is uh, um, John Francis Daly, who is also from Freaks and from Geeks. Freaks and Geeks. So you have that sort of sort of connection, which is which probably why is why the film you know felt so true to the high school. Yeah, experience. you know, which but, is but this is the thing: Star, Burris, Glover, great performers. In roles that were extremely small. Evans. <laughs> okay, let me get. Let me, all right. Can we I, get this out of our system? All right. So, one of the things in the film. So, one your of body's the things, changing. <laughs> I know all about that. Uh, one of the things in the film, um, and this was worrying worrisome for some fans, was: Are they going to hit us over the head with this being in the Marvel universe? How much of that is going to impact the story, the characters? Blah 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 blah. And I thought it was deftly used. It wasn't like, I don't think it really hit us over the head. It was just like, if this was the, if you're going to put Spidey in the Marvel Universe world, there's going to be some references to it. And in a real world type of setting, we're thinking about in a real world world. Yeah. Captain America would be in those sort of presidential fit, physical fitness type <laughs> videos you, you see in health class. Well, yeah, obviously. I mean, and it's really funny. It's good stuff. Evan sells it. But you and I have this whole thing where you had, you had a speculation that, um, that, Cap would have well, the. What did the gym teacher say though? He's like, I think, say, I think he's in jail. Or I think he's a cry, he's a war criminal. Well, you're gonna listen to him criminal. even though he's like a war criminal. I think. Uh, um, but, you, yeah, but, yeah. but yeah, you had a speculation like prior to watching this that or hope that or hope that the Cap would would swoop in at the end of the movie post credit. Well, and it would and be I like, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me give you the counter. The, the counter. No, it wasn't the just so much. It wasn't just a post credit. I just any scene. Like I was hoping for an interaction between. Uh, Steve Rogers, mm -hmm. not even his cap, Steve Rogers and Peter and give him some sort of other side of what Tony's doing or inspiration to something else mm -hmm. that maybe he wasn't getting. Give him something that he wasn't getting from Tony. Right. And then that would then build be something you could build on for Infinity War. It was my, was well, my thinking and have Sp Spider-Man be the bridge between Tony and and cap to and that, bring them back that, that's together. something that we but didn't, it didn't happen it that's didn't something happen. we didn't necessarily get from civil war and civil war comic books there is a a, a a pull on both sides a fight over peter parker's soul one side you have tony and the other side you have um you, you have the cap. When, when civil war started spider-man was convinced in the comics mm -hmm. to basically be on on tony stark's side and then as events unfold uh, in the story he switches sides and becomes part of uh, Captain America. And we America's very Secret much Avengers. see in in this film, we only see one side. Um, for which then, you know, yes, you do get to see the Iron Spider uh, outfit, right? Well, for something which then, like it was I, the Iron Spider outfit. It was something it, like it, it was. It didn't look like it. Really, just looked like a even more. It's a souped up, up version of what he had. Right. Well, yeah, it looked like a beefed has. up version of that that we but, see later on. Which this brings us then to the, the other uh, character in the film that, of course, uh, uh, other than Cap and Evans. Speedy. Shut up. <laughs> uh, is RDJ... Speedy? <laughs> is RDJ well, as Tony Stark himself? Right. And so now um, I was just to finish that thought okay. that when he rejects Tony Stark's um, um, uh, proposal to join well, the Avengers. Here, here, become... Here's your chance at, to, at the big leagues. You're, you, I'll, I'll make you an Avenger right now. We're ready to make it public. Okay, which, by the way, is also hinting at that scene where mm -hmm. in Civil War, Peter Parker 
takes away his mask and reveals and his, reveals, and reveals that his who he is the public right which was which a very i don't think was necessarily in the mix here no not at all i don't think but, it was i think it was just here's hey here's a new you know costume uh, uh you know hero who's going to be a member of the event but and this is how i felt about tony for him to say you know what i'm good i'm just gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna take your advice and stay and, and stay low low uh and i'm like i'm fist pumping because you rejected tony stark mm-hmm. um granted that at this point, for many Marvel fans, there's a love-hate relationship going on with, 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 with Tony Stark, Iron Man, in that Iron Man faces no a, consequences whatsoever. No for consequences action. whatsoever. And yet, at the same time, yes, he's trying to take responsibility. He's taking charge of, of damage control, which, by the way, I, I did read like there was some conspiracy thing going on that, that maybe he's grabbing up all the contracts. That gives him more business. But Tony is... A very huge part, uh, reason, uh, a part, he's a very, he's very much part of the problem here in that, um, uh, yeah, you know, I'm sorry. I had to side. I know we had this conversation with, with the whole civil war, um, uh, episode here. I had to side with cap, right. You know, well, but I, 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 again, I, that's, I think that that's a separate kind of, that is. Because because of this, because I, I am agreement with you uh, of uh, you know again my whole thing is like they have a chance with the Tony Stark character to always move him forward mm-hmm. to have him grapple with things right. and they never do. I mean, even Civil War, Maybe we that, talked about the idea. It's like I feel that I that's... feel bad about this kid dying in Sokovia. So the answer to that is to go to Queens and get a fifteen-year-old kid but I feel and the, involve him in this battle. But I feel that is a, ridiculous. The, the perfect fate for Tony because Tony, you know, who does end up like an alcoholic um, and struggles with his constantly struggles with his demons, right. never resolving them whatsoever. Uh, no, um, see, I think that I think that the demons and stuff inform him. Whereas in the movies, it's just like, ah, oh, yeah, that happened. <laughs> I, mean, I don't think that there's any like real sense of him really ever really grappling with things. He tries. Other than, he you know, tries. Well, there's a half-assed way tried in Civil War. Well, even this, though I agree that he was right on a lot of issues, it is sort of like here. Uh, well, here, this, here, Tony is trying to do some good by mentoring bringing, this kid. mentoring this kid who sees lots of potential and then sees a little bit of himself in right, it, right? exactly and and yet you go wait hold on this kid um who you put in harm's way at the tarmac right right and um and you give him the suit and now you're surprised now that he's, right. he's uh, you know over eager and taking yeah, chances because to the impress whole, you because and, you do have you do see that sprinkle throughout the movie it's like you know what maybe i shouldn't uh, I don't think you're ready for for for, for this. Suit. And, but see, that's I, I, I like that because it was a conflict and not I just, do too, and not just like a silly reason for them. He he, Stark is right about a lot of things. Yes, yeah. you know, like and he says, he says, you know, you brought this to my attention. I'm the guys that brought the feds in on on these weapons deals, mm-hmm. and you know, you, I, I told you to stay away. I told you, you know, to to to, to play it safe and on and on and on. Yeah, you know, he's again, sounding no like no one. No one is necessarily in the total right or wrong in that. And that back and forth between them, you know, no one is, is, is totally, you know, oh yeah, Peter was completely right. You know, he's just being blown off by Stark. I mean, again, the dangers of the situation, you get to the, the first big action scene where essentially, you know, Peter stops that bank robbery with those high, mm, with that right. high tech thing. Again, a thing that I felt consequences, a grittiness that wasn't mm. in other Marvel films where it's like, oh no, it isn't just they they have a battle and it's all fun. It's like. A battle happens, this thing, and like Peter Parker's favorite sandwich place is destroyed in a second, and 
he very well, someone could have lost their life. And that, again, that idea of consequences, of the real danger, of the real stakes, is what I think kind of separates this film from a lot, not every Marvel movie. I'm not saying every Marvel movie, you know, they, they shave off the stakes and the humor undermines. That's not every Marvel film, but it's a lot of Marvel product. It's a lot of Marvel product that is like that. And here in this film, Tony is in a way he's, you know, he exemplifies that mm. sense of the realness by saying, you know, I'm really scared for this kid. You know, I really, you know, I don't want to have to take this suit away from you. I saw a lot of potential, but I'm, I'm really angry because he says, he says, you screwed up and that's on you. But me letting you screw up, if you die, I feel that that's on me. And I go, well, where yeah, was that where in were, Civil War? Where were you? Yeah, where was that in Civil War? Well, here we go. Well, in, the, in, the, in, in, in that sense, this is an extension of that, right? So um, you couldn't really tell this story without without having without the Civil having War, the Civil you know, War, part of it, you know, know where he. If he, anything, like and uh, like the the first four minutes, um, the fil- the film by Peter Parker, <laughs> where you get to see. Peter's perspective. You get to see things from Peter Peter's perspective, and, and you know there are a lot of fans online were angry about that. Really, they thought, Why? "Oh, is that?" Because they were like, "Is that?" First off, it is kind of stupid. Let's be honest. That's dumb. It no no no. It is stupid that he did that. Oh, Stark oh, tells oh. him he's like, you know, you can't ever show this to anyone, <laughs> and this is evidence of you taking part in blah 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 blah. It is dumb, but first off, that's what kids do today. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, like... Uh, why, are you t- why are you talking in that voice? It, well, because uh, <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Because it's like, fun. Well, exactly. Well, exactly. <laughs> a kid is, good, with all this access to social media and all the technology, you know, smartphones, you know, uh, tablets, they're, you know, they re- they do record their lives every day. It's like, and, and they're stupid. Kids nowadays, like in, in, in high school in New York, Ed, you know that they have all these cards and other things where parents can track their kids wherever they go. So if a kid does not make it to class that day, they know. I'll simplify it for you. Mm-hmm. It's called Snapchat. Okay. Well, no, no, no. Actually, let me, let me, let me, let me. Get... <laughs> they, they have this whole thing where kids, you know, they have to clock in. They have to know where they're going. But then kids will decide, oh, I'm going to, um, I'm going to take a, I'm going to skip school today, right? And no one will know. And then they find out, you know, they get found out. And they're like, how did you know? It's like. Because you Instagrammed everything, because you were, <laughs> because I followed your Facebook page, because of this, you were so you you thought you were being smart, but you really were very stupid, and that was reflected in a fifteen-year-old kid. Mm-hmm. And again, people were worried that that was going to be reflective of the the movie in its entirety, that he'd be doing this video blogging for the entirety of the film, and it was just a good way, like you said, just to have this sort of like little short little five-minute right. piece where we see. Peter's perspective on the battle. We see, you know, how he interacts with well, it, it was with, also ha- with happy. Narrative-wise, it was important to just inform the uninformed. Right. Like, uh, I, if you didn't watch it, he, he this is his intro into the limelight. You right. Know, exactly. With, with the, here's with, with the, here's here's scene. the setup for for right. where where Peter is at this point. Right. Um, I'm trying to think of any of the other characters in the film. I mean, we could talk about, like we said, Zendaya. We don't I, need to get into um, uh, Happy Ho- uh, John Favreau's Happy Hogan. However, again, I, I already mentioned that it's very meta to me that at the end, um, where Peter recovered the lost weapons that the Vulture had, uh, what was it? All the equipment that the All Avengers, the equipment had, that right, the Avengers right. had, right? That, that was the big... Because ha- Happy's job from... 
he went from driver to manager of of of, of Stark assets. Right. right? He said, well, meant, he said he said he's like, well, you started out as a driver, and then became my chief of security. I, I mean, yeah, it's like I'm not now, comfortable talking about that. This is a private conversation. <laughs> private conversation. <laughs> but um, but I thought it was very meta at the end where he shows up at the school in in, in school bathroom and tells Peter to meet him there and just to thank him. And I'm like, wow, you know, this is John Favreau uh, kind of talking to um, to where the Marvel franchise is going to head. Where it started and now, and now where, it's going into phase four, now, whatever right, the hell so. that means. <laughs> well, well, I, and the other meta thing is, the, is that for me is that that a fi- I had a fist pump moment, surprisingly, with um, with that whole I'm not going to be a member of the Avengers. And it wasn't that he turned down Stark because then it was like. Oh, I have real reporters back here. They're gonna, and you know, you're not, you're not really sure. Is Tony just effing with him? Were there really reporters? And then, who comes through the door with reporters behind her? Gwyneth Paltrow Pepper as Pepper Potts. And you haven't seen Pepper. No explanation in a lot of what films, happened because right, you know, it's just oh, we're on a break. Well, all well, that other nonsense. Yeah, you know, it's... Uh, a, a really weird. Again, going into the the whole like the weird writing and development of Tony Stark because that whole like. Uh, well, Pepper, we're on a break. It comes out of nowhere. Well, my you explanation to you, on. Miguel, is that, that there's only one explanation is that she or either she, she's a Skrull or that Tony's a Skrull. <laughs> okay. Which, you know, again, uh, but, makes but, no sense to me. But again, she pops up and then suddenly it's like, well, what are we going to tell these reporters? And it's like, and, we have report, like and it's like, <laughs> oh, how about how about a wet? And I said it before it happened. It's like, what are we going to tell them? What are we going to do to play game? them? It says, Oh, he's going to propose marriage. And Happy whips out the rings like I've been saving this fr- fr- from from two thousand eight. Two thousand eight, and gives which it to of course, Endgame. as the director of the first Iron Man film, I'm sure he probably thought he was going to do a trilogy or something where he would eventually yeah. hook those two characters up. So yeah, yeah, like you said, there's a lot of there's a lot of sort of uh, uh, meta stuff. Uh, the rest of the cast, the kids that are surrounding, you I mean, know, we don't have all the we don't have to go through all the names, but n- no, you know, but Ned as the as the head factor in that group uh, by uh, Jacob. Uh, um, Badalone, mm-hmm. um, yeah, uh, uh, Filipino. I think I I need to look that up. Well, that's fine, <laughs> but fine. whatever. But he's he's great. He wants to be the man in the chair. Yep. Um, and he you wants need to. Be to a tank. He is the perfect foil, right? The 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 Watson to 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 Peter's Sherlock Holmes. Absolutely, yeah. Um, uh, and he really bangs it out of there. This movie would not be as enjoyable without Ned. And that performance that he has, because it's like, well, you need someone for Peter to to to, to bounce off right. of, and to get, and that's something that the other films to, were to missing. Gauge. Yeah, you know, yeah. they didn't. You never. I didn't ever really get a sense that Harry and Peter in the Raimi films were super close mm-hmm. friends. They just astound, they were, and mm, okay, it's a very it's a very simple conversation where they're at the uh, at Washington D.C. They're in their hotel room. He whips out the laptop, and they're they're trying to hack into the suit. And Ned says, dude, there's like a lot of really weird protocols here. There's a training wheel pr- protocol, training wheels. Why is Tony like treating me like a kid? Because you are a, a kid. kid. Well, the other that, you know, the, the other thing about Ned, uh, who is kind of an amalgamation of uh, an ultimate uh, Spider-Man character. Right. Uh, is that Ned allows us to see the nerdy side of Peter Parker as it was because I'm sure you and I, we were nerdy kids. You always have that one buddy. Who, even when you're maybe a little too old to still be doing that nerdy crap, you're still doing it. So it's like, hey, come over to my place. We're gonna build that Death Star. <laughs> you know, you know. Hey, man, I got, I, you know, I got all that. You know, hey, new MST3K on tape. Come over. We're gonna have a, we're gonna have a, you know, 
a, a festival, that kind of stuff. You you know, that was really relatable. It's, it's nice that they, they can get a little humorous because, you know, to have Ned do the voice of the uh, Lego emperor, you know, <laughs> uh, is, is just, it's very sweet. And, and it really, well, it was, again, you it very relatable that. and relatable to me is the other part is that we talked about, you know, my back, my backstory is of course <laughs> that I was on this classic scrimmage team uh, in high school. And here we have as a part of the plot is this, you know, academic decathlon thing that Peter would, as a smart, you know, nerdy kid, would be part of. Uh, again, part of, you know, th- that whole high school stuff, all the characters, mm-hmm. the people he meet, you know, the, the girl he's pining after, Liz Allen, it all, it all felt really authentic, really added to the film, and made it entertaining so that you didn't need to always have Spider-Man superhero stuff happening. Mm-hmm. You were into Peter Parker's struggles in his world and how he's navigating, you know, this part of his life. Um, I wanted to get into, I don't want to get into MJ. I thought Zendaya was the weak link in this movie. Um, but yeah. obviously it's a setup for something in the future. Yeah, right? I, I get again, my, oh, the only thing I want to say about, I get that is because I don't care about the race bending um, controversy. Which, I don't care about, oh, she's not really MJ. She is MJ. But it Her is important Michelle. because you know, um, Mark Bernard on the fat man. Right. Uh, because, yes. okay, the big reveal is that. Um, well, Liz Pe- Allen's Peter- character was is is African American. Yeah. Her, her mother is African American, which we see in the middle of the film at in Washington D.C. And then there are threads through the film where you says, "Oh, uh, two of the two of Toombs's henchmen say, hey, well, hey, if Adrian knew that we were here at this high school, and you're like, what's that about? You get some sense, and then boom, the reveal that well, yeah, Michael Keaton, a Caucasian Pe- man, is Liz Allen's." Father, Father with uh, uh, what was the actor's name? Okay, Gar- so Garcelle Bouvet, Gar- Garcelle Bouvet, um, who As by the, the way, the, the connection to that is that uh, Garcelle Bouvet um, was opposite Jamie Foxx in the, the Jamie, Jamie Foxx Fox show, show, right? And Jamie uh, Foxx, we was had a whole electro. joke about this, which I'm not gonna, which yes, I'm not, we're not gonna, gonna do. get into. However, but Jamie Foxx was but, electro in the Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, and there's too. there's that redemption there because <laughs> sorry, you know the the last Spider-Man, Jamie Foxx's Electro, was one of the worst things. A terrible villain. Terrible Terribly written, you know. One of the worst things you've ever, ever put on. I film. don't know what they were doing in that. But but again, it's, uh, you have this suddenly. But yeah, but but Mark Bernard re- said. But Mark Bernard said, of course, of course, Keaton had to be um, um, uh, Liz Allen's father. Well, Liz again, Allen's father. Of course, he, he had to be in um, in, in a uh, multiracial relationship. Uh, relationship, right? right? Um, it had to had to that it had to go this path, um, and he he calls it. Uh, diversity and subversity, mm-hmm. which, as an audience, you go, wow, you know, like um, this is this is why a lot fit. of people did not have that assumption, right? Uh, you know, he calls us out, you know, like you know, it's the, like, oh, you didn't assume, you assumed right. that this would not, there would not be this kind of connection, be simply because of of skin color, yeah. But not only that, that but it was like, impossible, that it couldn't be that so. But then know? all all the uh, the weaving sort of made sense, and you saw the progression. Like here, Adrian Toomes, a blue collar working guy, um, talking a lot about his family, right. he talks about you know, oh, you, if I hope your wife doesn't find out about what you do, all of that stuff, you know, again. But you also assume that. Wait a minute. Ah yes, he. This is his mansion. He because you, right. you this look is at a him, guy that's been. You know, yeah. he's pretty. He's what pretty I well like, off at this. What point. is radical about this movie is you finally got a situation 
where it's not the black dude doing shady <laughs> stuff and the innocent white girl at home in her ivory tower didn't know anything was going I on. I didn't even need to do the the Jamie Foxx joke, and this guy did it. This guy basically. No, your your joke was a lot worse. We won't get into it. All I we did was like get into it. <laughs> Finally. All right, but gotta... but but again, you're right. There is that sort of like it subverted expectations because simply because oh yeah, yeah that's he's oh they talk about his wife. I guess we'll see her at some point. Now she'll mm-hmm. be a, right. a white character, which and, just you know, and you get an air of what 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 Watts was trying to accomplish in that. This is this is today. Yeah, reflecting a uh, reflecting. This is Queens height. on top of that. Oh right? yeah, the oh, most yeah. Di- Queens is maybe the most diverse county in the entirety in all the world, of the United in States. All the world, and and, and it's y- pretty spread out too. Like right. you got constant like Astoria, but then if you do drive like a little more west, it, you you do have those big houses and. Uh, well, well, what, what I said, there was a guy at my job who he wanted to uh, he wanted to go to the Philippines to get a bride. And I was always Dude, like, I was like, Queens. I was like, <laughs> I was like, Queens. why are you spending money to go go to Queens? <laughs> Find a nurse. You'll be good. You'll be set. Don't worry about it. Uh, but it, it, you know, again, Peter Parker living in modern day Queens, it would be a diverse place. Right. He would be exposed to his friends would not all be just be, you know, blonde haired Flash Thompson and blonde haired Gwen Stacy and on and on and on. It would be a much more diverse, uh, you know, uh, culturally uh, speaking uh, thing, which again, pulled off great in the film now um that's pretty much all the characters that's all the characters now going forward from where this film ends with you know we you know the accidental revelation of the identity uh adrian tombs meeting matt gargan in in prison where do you Mm -hmm. think they'll go or where do you hope was pretty good where, where do you hope it will go um I had another back thought. I'm sorry. Before we get okay, into before that. we get into that, uh, one more uh, honorable mention is uh, Tony uh, Rivolori, who plays Flash Thompson. Of course, late of uh, the Grand Budapest, Grand Budapest Hotel, which, who was fantastic. Fantastic. And he's movie. one of those actors who, after I saw Grand Budapest, I was like, when is this kid going to get more work? <laughs> and Grand Budapest right. was a while ago. Yes, it was. That was about like two years ago. Was like 2014 right. something, right. something like that. And you know, I was like. Hey, this guy's a great. He's really fun. He's funny. He's got good timing. Time dramatic, and you know, nothing came of it really. Yeah, yeah. And now he's here, hopefully as a, a continual well, foil. And, and to it's a reimagining of the traditional. Totally reimagining Flash of Flash Thompson, which which is fine. You know, again, there are a lot of people who are very sticklers, and you know, again, congenitally, I am a let's stick it to the comics, stick to the comics as close as possible. But sometimes it's like I feel that there are attachments to certain things that are like, do you really is Flash Thompson as important as he has been to the Spider-Man mythos? Is it really important to translate that character totally and completely faithfully? I don't. He's a supporting character. There's a lot, you know, you're not going to get to some point in the film where people are like, well, if he's not exactly like the comics, how can we how can we ever get Agent Venom? You were never going to get Agent Venom, okay? You were never promised that you know sixty to you know forty to sixty years of continuity is going to be honored in these films. So you can't, you know, it's like ease down. You were never going to get a Flash Thompson, Whoa. you know, uh, you know, um, uh, journey the same way it's been in the comics. Well, just one more honorable, honorable mention: Kenneth Choi, who's the principal of the high school, who also is, played, who also played. His the grandfather, grandfather in in uh, in was one of the Howling Commandos. Jim Choi of the MCU. But uh, okay, so uh, where, Jim Jim Morita. Sorry. Where do you see 
Um, and where where do you see it going? Where would you like to see this go, uh, it going at post this? Uh, first, you, Jonathan. A- after having finished the movie, where do you see the story of this version of Spider-Man going? What, what do you want? What do you want to see? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. You really don't know. You just want to be along for the ride. You're just happy to see whatever they come up with. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, Edward. <laughs> it, it's it's not like where I want to see this. It's more of a concern, right? So okay, um, it seems to me that and um, there are are they start trying to set up Tom Holland at, or Spider Man to be on the forefront of Phase Four or whatever wherever they want to um, wherever they want to take this to. Because, um, again, this is a partnership between Fahey, Amy Pascal, um, between Sony and Marvel. And that makes me sort of nervous, you know, like, because I I really am watching this movie and I'm saying to myself, wow, how many hoops did they have to jump through? A lot of politics that you have to jump through to accomplish something as great as this. That might not happen every time. Correct. So on top of that, like on top of that, they again, they want Holland sort of like where... RDJ um, was sort of the main focus of the first several phases of, of, of the Marvel Cinematic Marvel. Universe or whatever. <laughs> yeah, you know, this is the house that RDJ gave us, right? So, I think there's a that that the the whole inclu- inclusion of Tony Stark in this is not just a natural thing, but a a passing of the baton sort of. Yeah, thing. you know. So um, is this what they're trying to do? Because if that's so, then that's going to be a lot of hands, a, a lot of chefs dipping in, in, into the cooking here. And then also, like at the same time, oh, no. Sony is not in any position. Because let's remember, well, the partnership is this, right? Sony is up the putting cash, up the bill, but the creative control goes to Marvel. Marvel right? So again, so how much when the when it is the creatives that made that are making you the money? Well, see, that's when what I'm only, saying. When the only right. reason this film, your Sony is is like, oh, the only reason this has been it, this film made 117 million dollars its opening weekend. It's right. 117 it's million dollars. I read, uh, I Look. read somewhere that it's the top three o- opening. Okay, here's a budget: 175 million dollars to make this movie so far. And this, I printed this out yesterday. Mm. Uh, 256.5 million worldwide. Worldwide. That's. So, it's not even been out a week yet. Exactly. <laughs> so, so it's like, does does Sony have? Would they even have the 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 you know? Well, see, that's what I'm saying. It's the like clout at that point in the relationship with Marvel clout. to say it's, we're not gonna we're not gonna go along with you on this. It's like no, we 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 enjoy making money. It's about greed at this point, you know, and and at some again, point, and that greed will probably allow them to keep him in the Marvel universe. Well, what I'm keep saying, this and, the, and wherever there's greed, there's going to be um, a more um, appetite for control. See again, you know, I think that, that I think really that I think that there's no way that Feige, being the 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 the, the foxy mofo that he is, <laughs> would not have like ironclad guarantees of like this is our control. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. You know, and you know they'll essentially be all like, oh, we're just gonna have your spinoffs, have your this, have your that. When it comes to Spider-Man proper, we're the guys in charge. Oh. This is a good. Now this is a point. Now I remember. Uh, no, sorry, no. brain fog. Um, okay. Since they're gonna do a Venom standalone, right? And since Spider-Man is gonna be in Infinity Wars, right. and he's gonna go to space. You think maybe that's their the the the. If they don't have him getting the the, the, the suit, the black the symbiote. suit Spider-Man, I will be pissed. Okay. Uh, look, I I I, I, will be pissed. I think that is that. 
they have these spinoffs, and I've never been one of these guys who are against the spinoffs. I think you can do some of these characters, not all of them. I think it is odd to do Venom without Spider-Man. And again, I'm not even sure that that is, given the success of this film. If that's going to stay that way. I think that there will be some real, like, like, hey, let's bring in the Marvel guys. Let's still, okay, yeah, yeah. we want to make Venom. Let's have this. Let's let's have a Tom Holland in here. Let's have something, you know, to, to, to link this all up. Um, but again, I've never been against that. I know that uh, that post-credit sequence with Toombs and Matt Gargan. Matt Gargan in the comics is going to become, um, you know, if they follow it, Matt Gargan is Scorpion. You know, I kept thinking Sinister Six. And I think there's no reason not to have that, that you couldn't do a Sinister Six. I know a lot of people are like, how can you do it without him? I was like, you can do a Sinister Six like a uh, Ocean's Eleven. An evil Ocean's Eleven. Just be it like, okay... Yeah, here, here yeah. are some, here's some, here's some superpowered dudes, and they're doing a heist, mm. and maybe they're doing a heist, uh, and doing the smart thing, which no villain in Marvel ever does, which is do this heist and get the hell out of New York because that's where every single superhero in the universe lives. Um, the Sinister Six, uh, that Sinister Six project, uh, that's a Sony project, or is that um? Again, at this point, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm, I can't say for certain. I mean, there is the idea like. They had it. They shelved it for a while. Now it seems they're interested in it again. In any in any case, I think that given this film's success, I think there is a good chance that future Spider Verse spinoff films will maybe have some Marvel connections, or at least they'll 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 work out a deal to get us to get Holland in there as Spidey in some way. Um, how do you feel that uh, this is gonna? What capacity? What role do you see? Or speculate? Going on forward into Infinity Wars. Uh, well, we know that Spider-Man: Homecoming two. This has been confirmed. Well, not Homecoming two. Right, whatever the sequel right, right. of of two thousand nineteen is supposedly supposed to take place literally minutes after the end. Yes. of Infinity War. Right. Uh, I I don't know that I, I which which raises the question of of a couple things that happened in this film. One, which was we see a Quinjet take off from the upstate facility mm -hmm. at the end of the film when he offers the new suit to mm -hmm. Peter. The entire time I was thinking, well, where are the Avengers going? Or where are Tony's Avengers going? And then we have upstate? that whole, like, boom, that end of that, you know, the that Hamptons. We have that sequence where um, we we see that May learns the identity, that she sees him putting, the, has the suit on, and she's like, uh, what the, and then, and then, and then that there. ending. So I'm like, is that technically going to be where we pick off from in the sequel? Which I think would be kind of awesome if, if every Spider-Man movie had that sort of like, we're playing with the timeline where There's also, each yeah, film leads to the next one to the next. Well, you mentioned, you just mentioned uh, playing with the timeline. Um, Donald Glover's character in this movie, ha in the extended, um, uh, the, the um, ultimate the Spider-Man universe, Spider yeah. universe, he is the uncle of Miles, Miles Morales, Morales right. who is the black Spider-Man. Um, so is there which going is a possibility. to be? See, I I feel that it was that's less likely, and more, what's more likely is that Marvel did what Marvel has always done with these movies since two thousand and eight, which is pick cherry pick from various eras, Ultimate six one six, so on and so forth, mash them together, bring up the you know again we had you know there were this film seemed to have elements of Ultimate Spider Man, classic Spider Man. Uh, elements from Spectacular Spider-Man, the TV series. Mm -hmm. uh, elements from the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon 
uh, which is on uh, 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 Disney XD that just ended. You know, I, I felt that it, it was less of a of a saying, oh, yeah, maybe they'll go Miles Morales and more. We're just picking and choosing and, and having mm-hmm. all these references right. uh, to various things. What I'm hoping is that as the films go forward, since Holland is so young, I want there to be really growth. Uh, one of the things about Spider-Man as a character in the comics is that before they did the stupid trade my marriage to the devil crap. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. It's still a sore spot for me. He was the comic character above all others, beyond Superman, beyond Batman, beyond any of them, who had this sort of like he would grew up. He grew. He was the teen. We saw him through his college years. We saw him as, you know, a photographer professional. He well, by changed. The, he changed his. Uh, he changed professions. On and on. Well, by characters, the time, important characters were introduced and then killed and died, and he had to deal with that. And I was hoping that that's what we'll get in the films. Well, I'm hoping by, that by we the see time, stuff like that in the comic books. By the time Civil War hits, he's already an adult. He's already been married, married and divorced, uh, and divorced. Got back. To, got back together. Post miscarriage. That, right. Married. You know. Again. Post. They did post things that. With, they did things with he, he the died. Character. Uh, his brain was was uh, was 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 transferred to Doctor Oct- no, Octopus. Doctor Octopus was switched, yeah, switched, switched brains, brains and stuff. But I'm saying it's things where you know, look at the death of Gwen Stacy, the death of Stacy's uh, father. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, they had all of these things that were like huge deals. The death of Gwen Stacy was gigantic. That was like Lois Lane dying. Mm-hmm. The, you know, th- there was no like, oh yeah, everyone like a lot of people were like, oh yeah, and Mary Jane and and Peter Parker, they're always the couples. Like, no, there was a woman before, before Mary, Mary Jane. Jane. And her death is this thing that reverberates through all of that history of Spider-Man. Now, that's what I'm hoping that they do with these films. Having, you know, gotten a, a talent like Holland so early, now we can really see him grow. We can see Spider-Man maybe go into his post-college years. I would hope that we would at least get to that. Um, I think that covers everything we have here for uh, uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, needless to say, we were all really positive about it. Um... You know, oh, there was some trepidation ask, going in there, but it yeah, it all worked out. Yes, what, John. What uh, what made what what subtracted one point five uh, points on your score? What about because nothing that? is perfect. I give it a yeah. solid eight. That's what I said. Because oh, just I like I thought, it, just like just like with uh, my superhero Jesus, you haven't met. What what? <laughs> He's perfect. He's perfect, <laughs> of course. Yes, uh, but you know, for me, I I don't ever want to. You know, like I said, there there were some. Quibbles I have about this film, like I said, you, you know the, the cast that you know so sprawling that they didn't really get a chance to all shine. The Zendaya thing, which is a character I felt like I I didn't care about the casting, you know, controversy, but there was like she's all there just for setup for another film, and she's not as funny as the other material beyond her, so she kind of just fades into the background. Um, well, you're, there's you're, the weird, there's the weird, and not this isn't a complaint, but there's the weirdness. Notice how frank the language was in this film, like. They do an F Mary kill for the Avengers. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff in this film, like I said, where it's like it was a little edgier than a lot of Marvel product, and I appreciated that. Um, there's a lot of language. I right. mean, again, there's a lot of language in this movie that I've never heard in a Marvel movie up till now. The, 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 you know, it gets the, a little salty. It gets you're, a little you're hitting salty it on a nail a bit. I mean, there's some like I I did say that um, the Andrew Garfield Amazing Spider-Man is way dark, but at the same time, you watch this. The darkness is under. It, it really, like, yeah, it's integrated it's, into the film as well. It's integrated into the film as well. And uh, again, I, no film is perfect. I'm. I just don't like when we lose our heads. 
You know, everyone's like, The Dark Knight is the greatest superhero movie of all time. And it's like, you know what? The Dark Knight is not The Dark Knight, as it is in, <laughs> in, in popular imagination. I will go on record as being a guy that says, you know what? There's a lot of that movie I just find boring. There's a lot of movie that is just dry. Um, I, I am one of these people that says, you know what? When Heath Ledger is not on screen in The Dark Knight, I just don't give a crap about it. I don't care about... Um, Rachel Dawes, because I didn't care about her in the first film. I don't care about we'll have, Harvey Dent we'll have and words, his stuff. You know what I mean? We're not talking about Batman. That's for our next show. Well, not our next show, but a upcoming show. It is our next show. It is our next show. I don't know. Okay, I just I just work here. They don't tell me. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, like it's just I don't ever I don't like when we go overboard with praise on these things, or when we go overboard on our you know. We have to destroy this film critically. Again, we, we talked about Amazing Spider-Man 2. It is a mess of a movie. There is some amazing stuff in Amazing Spider-Man 2. The relationship stuff, the death of Gwen Stacy, done so artistically, so well done. Not just her death, but the aftermath, which is done just with silence, with just Peter's reaction, that almost redeems that movie that's um, so well done. There's, there's something so it's I, like that. So it's like I don't ever want to be like it's the greatest and it's the worst because I get too much of that in in in, in, in online. I'm going to ask for uh, um, a break here um, in in what we're discussing because we saw Stan Lee here in the movie, and I just wanted to just take a quick break. Uh, as we're closing, as we're closing up here, um, oh, yes. Stanley, um, yes, yes. Uh, after 69 years of marriage to his wife, mm. um, recently passed away. And um, Joan, right? Joan, Joan Lee, uh, she was 94, I believe, or I believe that that's how old yeah. she was. So um, and I believe the urban legend was that as, as we've heard Stan like tell the story, um, Stan was at a low point in this career. He was getting ready to bear, to bury the hatchet with his writing, and Joan tells him, "Go write the things that you want to write. Write it the way you write want it the it way to you run, well, want it to be. Well, what's the worst? You were going to quit anyway, right? So, um, I mean, and more importantly, Ed, um, she has a legacy that lives on with the characters of Marvel. In mm -hmm. this sense, many people have have said over the years that when you look at Sue Storm, Gwen Stacy, and Peggy Carter." that essentially Stan was always writing his wife. Right. That he idolized his wife. That that no, those characters are idealized female characters. Yeah. Peggy, Sue, and Gwen. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's she had an influence on the world of the comic world that we... We didn't even that realize. We, that we didn't even realize right. that, that, you know, that Stan... And, you know, I can only hope that, you know, this doesn't... So in some ways, like, we wouldn't have... The Marvel Universe without Joan, Uni yeah, without Joan telling, without Joan you know, because Fantastic Four is the, you know, the, the ground zero of, of all that. Mm -hmm. And I hope that, you know, stands up there. You know, every time I hear something, it's like, you know, Stan has a health issue. So it's like, ah, you know, we, tomorrow's not promised to anyone. And nope. when you're in your 90s, it sure as hell's not promised. Nope. And so it's like, I hope that we have Stan around for a little longer, but I'm not going to be surprised if I hear in the next few months that Stan goes because that's a common thing with two very long, when people mm -hmm. have longstanding, you know, marriages and relationships where they, you know, one partner goes and it's not long nope, after not that long the other after. one goes. You know? So um, here we here at uh, To Be Continued If I'm a Podcast want to take the time to honor the memory of, uh, of, Joan, um, of Joan Lee. Um, and so, you know, let's, let's just take a moment of silence and just 
Okay, so that ends this episode of To Be Continued, a fanboy podcast. Uh, I'd like to thank, as always, our producer, Jonathan Vergara, here at Pancake Studios. Thank you. <laughs> I um, am very grateful for this opportunity. <laughs> always got to bring it back to Navajo slash Apache Chief. <laughs> and, uh, and, of course, uh, my co-host, uh, Edward Ng. And uh, my co-host here, also Miguel Velez. And, of course, you know we have in the studio today uh, my boy Clark here. Um, stay tuned for our Batman episode, our next Road to Justice. Is it, is it really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. We, right. we talked about this. Did we really? You know, do check your again, calendars. I don't, I, don't, <laughs> I, don't, I don't come to meetings. <laughs> anyway, we well. thank you all for listening. And until next time. To be continued. Spider-Man, where are you coming from, Spider-Man? Once again, thank you for listening to To Be Continued, a fanboy podcast. Our website is www.tobecontinuedafanboypodcast.com. Make sure to follow us and subscribe on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter.